Welcome back to episode five of Principles Still. This week we are talking about principals who still need a mentor. Um, Ina and myself both have had mentors in our life and we are so excited for you to just hear the importance and the value of having a mentor and hopefully by the end of the episode um, you will find ways to get connected and plugged into a mentor if you don't have one already. because this is something that's so important to both of our lives but then also our work. As a principal, I could not imagine doing this without being able to call on a mentor or be able to dialogue with a friend or a peer or colleague who's also going through similar challenges uh, to have somebody to bounce those ideas off of with. So having a mentor is just such an integral part of being a principal that it's hard for me to imagine me doing this role without that mentorship. Yes, I would agree. So this is, I'm going into my third year as be, as a principal, and I would say this year I have more network networks of, of principals who I reach out to daily to ask questions. You know, also principaling during a pandemic is a whole nother level of the need for a mentorship. But I have at least five to six principals in a group text every day that I reach out to if I have a question or an email comes in from our boss and we don't want to look like, an idiot because we don't know what the email means. We email it. We just text each other and we reach out to each other. And when I started um, my administration career, I I was so fortunate to have an opportunity an uh, opportunity to be part of a fellows program in the district I started in, and it was a year long mentorship program that just was training us up to be administrators. And we had our own personal mentor, um, which actually is what connects Ina and I in our work together. Um, And that's how we met. And so, gosh, I would have failed my first year as an assistant principal if I hadn't had that program and opportunity beforehand. Um, And I even think back to being a teacher. My first year teaching, I got moved grade levels the last like three weeks of school. And I remember having to uh, or the, before, before school started, and I remember my two mentors helped me redo my whole room the weekend before school started, and I had no idea what I was doing. So there's not a moment in my life that I don't remember um, being in education and not having a mentor to have my back and to support me and also to like speak truth into my life if I needed correction, um, but in a really loving way that was non-threatening. So this topic, yes, near and dear to my heart. What about you, Ian? I think that this is something that I've been super blessed and lucky to have, um, even from the beginning. If I had not had so like you talked about colleagues and sharing this experience with other principals, but then there's also a value to a specific person being able to speak into your life in a way that's like holding you accountable, kind of maybe not always agreeing with you or helping you out, but really showing you, hey, this is really what's what's going on here. And so I think that's the value of what we want to bring to this episode is just having a person in your life who can hold you accountable. And that is not a comfortable place to be sometimes. That is not something that we all want or look for, um, but really speaks truth to the to the topic of what we wanted to share with our listeners today is just having a mentor. Principals still need that. We still need a mentor. We might be at the, the leadership level of a campus, but we still need somebody in our life holding us accountable. Um, and even outside of our, our boss or perspective, people who are in our lives to help us in, in our districts. So I'm so thankful to have our guest with us today who's my mentor. 
he was actually my first principal. He hired me. Um, I wasn't even as an assistant principal yet, but eventually became his assistant principal and then had led as a principalship under his area superintendency. So um, Mr. Joseph Mena has been just a part of my life since 2001, I want to say, maybe 2002. I can't remember. Fall, spring. Those kind of get hard. But um, just somebody who's been able to speak that truth into my life, not just in professionalism, but also just you grow so much as, a, as people together that they're able to speak into your life. So I'm, I'm very honored. This is a special episode for me. Um, Casey, you have, you know, been a, a part of my life and, and, and I wouldn't say I'm your mentor, but I would definitely um, say that just growing alongside with you and learning with you has been a, such a privilege. And then so to have my mentor on the show and have you here is just a very unique experience for me. So listeners, I hope you enjoy and also learn from the wisdom of Mr. Joseph Minna. I oversee the CNI Department of Texas Scan Academies. Uh, we have 14 schools in our district, serve approximately 5,000 students across Texas, uh, schools in Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. Uh, in my career, I've served as a teacher, assistant principal, principal, and chief academic officer in both the public and charter school sector. Um, when I started my principalship, it was in the early days of charter schools. There was a uh, talk every year uh, with legislative sessions that the whole movement was going to be shut down. So it makes for some interesting times. Uh, there wasn't a TCA at that point, And uh, it's simply amazing how much the movement has grown since then. Uh, thank you guys for inviting me today. And I count it a privilege to help you in any way I can. That's awesome. Well, Mr. Mendo, you have been my personal mentor uh, for how many, how many years now? <laughs> It's been a long time, right? Like a long time. Mr. <laughs> Minnett um, was the first person to hire me right out of college, and so when I say a long time, we're talking like tw- <laughs> almost twenty years, maybe. Um, it's been a long time, and a and a and a fabulous uh, person in my life, which is why we invited you to our session today. So thank you for being here. Um, just your wisdom and how you've helped me grow as a leader um, has just been you know, and still it sticks with me. Things that you say, it's like, oh, that's a minute thing. <laughs> still sharing that out. Um, so we're happy to have you today. And, and our title, like we've talked about before, is principals still need a mentor. And I think sometimes in the principal role, um, it feels like an isolated position, right? You're the only person on the campus. You might have peers who sit across from you in a principal training or meeting, um, but it's a very isolated role. You're in that moment by yourself making those decisions. And so we really thought it would be powerful to, to be able to dialogue and just share together um, just about uh, what, what that role of mentorship is like and, and how to find that in your life if it's not already there. So just when we first say that, uh, what, is, what connections um, does the statement make that principals still need a mentor? What connections does that make with you? Oh, man. Uh, when, I think, when I stop and think about that, um, for me, it's really a function of helping people to see either what they don't see or what they can't see. Mm-hmm. And that really is, I, I think I probably spent half of my career uh, just encouraging people that they can do what they want to do. And so um, I know for me, when I hear the whole issue of, of, of a mentor, uh, I'd like to even just keep it even simpler than that as far as principles needing one, people need one. Just mm-hmm. just everyone needs someone 
that they um, can be a, a, a rock for them, if you will, in, in times where, just like what you're talking about, when things are very lonely, right? We all know the old adage, it's lonely at the top. And man, that's definitely the case when you're the principal. Um, I know that there are um, those low moments where, you know, we question things. And I know that that is something that um, when you have a mentor to be able to kind of bring you back to center, uh, not by telling you what to do. And that's one of the things that I hope that we, we touch on more later later in this is uh you know being a mentor i i don't necessarily consider myself a mentor it's just uh when 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 those things happen and people come to you it's just a function of just wanting to help and a lot of times it's not a a telling it really should come across more of as being more inquisitive and then allowing them to come to those decisions on their own, really just a function of being a, a good teacher, right? That's what we look for in teachers as well. Absolutely. I love that. So that reminds me of, uh, I listened to a little bit of a, a podcast today from Brene Brown, and she talks about that a lot, that a leader is any person in an organization, doesn't matter if you're the top of, of the notch or not, but any person in an organization who has influence and who can inspire the best out of someone. And I think that truly is a mentor. Like it doesn't matter if you are, have been teaching for 20 years or teaching for two years. If you have that ability and that gift inside of you, you are a mentor um, because you're right. It's not someone that just tells you what to do. It's someone that can ask the right questions, who can lean in, who can be curious, who can get you to come to that realization on your own. Um, so I think that was super wise and a very important um, aspect to touch on in the, in the mentorship. Um, so our next question is, principals have their colleagues and their, you know, prospective bosses. So we have, you know, we have other principals who we can talk to and we have our, you know, area superintendents or bosses that we can talk to. But sometimes having an outside person looking in through the lens of an outsider brings a special kind of perspective, right? Like they're maybe not in it with you but they can bring that different angle that maybe you need to see. Um, so talk to me a little bit on your thoughts on that and why you think that is an important, um, important person to have in your life. All right. So I, I particularly enjoyed this question. Uh, maybe not for the intent that you had, <laughs> but I, I really did like it. And the lead in to your question, you know, speaks to objectivity, right? having someone who doesn't have a dog in the hunt uh, to help you see the situation you know, for what it is, uh, not what you think it is, not what you know it is or want it to be or not want it to be. They have no, they have no dogs in the hunt to be able to speak into it. So there's a, a level of objectivity that the question lends itself to. However, for me, objectivity, while important, is just one face of this multifaceted issue. Um, in order to truly be a help to someone, you don't tell them what they do from the outside looking in. You're more of a sounding board with clarifying questions. Uh, this assists both the people with understanding the position of the circumstance more clearly and the ability to ask feeling questions is of tantamount importance. Um, but in order to do that, you really have to listen. 
And man, that is, that is, uh, it, it, here's, here's, here's my sage advice. If you have a mentor that does all the talking, you need to find another mentor. That's not a mentor. That's not, you gotta find someone who really listens and truly listens to what is being communicated. And I'm talking about the slight nuance of a word choice, the pause in an exasperated moment. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites, the length of silence before they start answering when posed a question that cannot be answered with a yes or no. Mm -hmm. One thing they have to really truly contend with. And then obviously the seeking and pressing of the core values to guide and navigate uh, the, the uncharted waters that they're in. But that whole thing revolves around being, being able to listen. I think a lot of times like leadership, you mentioned leadership. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times like leadership, mentorship can be really easily confused, right? Mm -hmm. When people talk about a leader, oh, it's the person who, you know, the buck stops with and they're the person at the top. And it's just like what you said earlier. Leadership isn't a function of position. While position buys you time to show whether you're a leader or not, what it really does is uh, the leadership is all about your ability to influence things, right? So that's where, for me, it's not a matter of you being in charge. It's the person that kind of lets you know, hey, I am here, but I'm going to be a soundboard that really asks some um, penetrating questions regarding what you're facing. And, and that helps them, but it also helps the mentor as well to really understand the circumstances surrounding what they're bringing to you. I love that. And I think, um, Mr. Mena, this just hearing you talk is like 50 conversations are coming back to my mind, right? And, and our next question kind of goes into that, right? Having a mentor can help a principal hold themselves accountable. And I, and I say that, and we put that question in, in this session because that's exactly how I know um, you've been in my life and, and you just answered it, right? Like you're saying, okay, uh, you know, what happened? What did they say? How did they reply to that? Okay. How did you feel in that moment? And as I'm playing through all of those pieces, I'm like, oh crud, I messed up there. Right? Like that, that part was on me. Right? So here's this thing that's unfolding, but you're going back to all of those layers of what took place. And so it helps me realize while the situation, I'm usually like griping to you about what's happening to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of my, that was kind of my fault that time in that part of it. But it's, it's, that's the value of a mentor. And just like you were sharing is having somebody be able to, to, to say and ask and listen um, in those moments. So th this question's in here because that's 100% who you are to me. And thank you for that. Um, I am held accountable in that conversation um, in the best way to possible to help me grow, but to share with us a little bit um, from your side of, of this, this work too. Absolutely. Um, okay, so this question, um, it has to, it really has to go back to what we just discussed. So if you've successfully accomplished the first portion of what we just talked about, that the person that has come away with clarity on the situation, clarity on the position, uh, a grasp of what's at stake and they have like a strong gut check on what they should do as a mentor but what do you do now well most people may not like my answer to this but the original question leads itself to this answer well you provide accountability to make sure the person does what they're going to do right that's what that's what 
that's what it leads you to. But I would say, when all this is done and time has been spent truly clarifying the nuances, the biases, the values, all of those things, you allow them the room to exercise one of the two most powerful attributes that we all have in common. You must let them choose. Mm. To me, every person has two major functions in life, the power to love, and the power to choose in this particular discussion you must let them choose and some people will go what what are you talking about you spent all that time bringing this clarity and what if they don't what if they don't choose to do anything well if you truly have their best interests at heart you'll be able to draw truth from this experience to help them grow the next time this issue comes to pass again and let me tell you, it will come to pass again. Right. No doubt about it. Now, it, it will have different characters. There might be different scenery. But the principle of what they're contending with is exactly the same. That you can be rest assured of. So if they don't make a decision regarding all of that time that was spent with that prior experience, when it happens again, it's more powerful. And when that person makes those decisions, then they know they've made that decision. And that changes the dynamics altogether. Because now it's not the mentor saying anything, it's them coming to terms with what they've experienced and they know what the end of that road is gonna be if they do it again. Right. Now, if they choose to do it over and over again, yes, at that point, you have to be a little bit more, hey, is this truly what you want to do? Are you sure this is the road you want to walk down again? Because most times people, they learn from the pain of those moments, right? But yeah. more powerful than that is they know that they made the choice. And when they make that choice and it's a good one, regardless of the circumstance, doesn't mean there's not going to be pain. It doesn't mean that there's not. Sometimes those choices require pain. Yeah. And the the... No one wants to go through pain, but when you're talking about principles of life, if you want to go and be in a leadership position and all you want to do is experience the good, you need to get out of the position mm -hmm. because there is going to come a point in time where your values are challenged and that is where the rubber meets the road, right? We all know that being in the position of leadership, it's not the 90%, it's the 10% of the hard stuff that you have to contend with. That's what you're getting paid for but that's where your values come into play and having a mentor to be able to have that sounding board bring you back to center regarding these situations right because everybody wants to say well that person did this and this person did that and you know that's not fair and that's what that's where issues of faith come in and issues of that there's a bigger picture than the picture that you're in currently yeah right so good Oh, you could just talk for hours on this. It's so true because I think as, you know, as a leader, as a mentor, whatever, like you speak that wisdom, you speak that truth and you want to see that change immediately. You, you, even if you don't like say you want to see it, you want to be like, hey, you know what? I spoke to Sally today and really encouraged her. And guess what? Transformation in the classroom. Well, that's not the case. Like usually it's still a total dumpster fire and it's not okay. And then it's like, the next time though, it takes time for them to own that and for them to truly 
be in charge of that change. And I love that you said that, that they have the choice that you can, you can question and you can lead them and you can create this environment where change is possible. But at the end of the day, they have the choice to either yes or no. And Uh, even if they don't make the choice the first time, more than likely, if they don't want to repeat those same failures, they will make it the second or third time. And so I think that's just so wise that you said that. And it, it just, it almost like relieves some pressure off of the mentor because I know I've been a mentor before. And even as a leader, I feel this pressure of my job is to make sure everyone does perfect all the time and that they are on it all the time. And when they're not, I feel like a failure. I feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't do my job. Um, and it, if only I was that important for starters and for secondly, <laughs> you know, like that's not the case. Um, but it truly, true transformation comes from them owning that and them seeing the importance of it. So I don't, your response to that last question was, was amazing. So thank you for that. And Mr. Mena, I think one thing that really has just been a part of who you are for so long is that questioner. And I think that's a very hard skill for a leader. That could be another session that we mm-hmm. have, um, asking the right questions in the right moment. And um, I know you you are fabulous at that and have I've learned even from watching and observing you. But sometimes too, in those in that questioning. Um, and getting the understanding, that's really what's making the change start to happen in the person, right? Like it's in those moments that you're like, okay, let me think about this a different way um, than I was thinking about before. Absolutely. I, I, think, I, think Pete, I think if you take the perspective of a garden, I think that's a great example because what people want is they want the plant the seed and the plant to grow with fruit on it the next day. It's not yeah. the way life works. It's not the way people work. Right. People don't work that way. People not, are not an instant mix. And so that's what I'm saying. When we, whenever we discussed earlier, and I, and, I, and I mentioned, if you truly have the person's best interest at heart, that's why you allow them to make those choices. Mm-hmm. You allow them to feel the, the pleasure of making good choices, the pain of making bad ones, but you're there for them regardless, right? You don't that. tell them what to do, though. It robs them of their autonomy. You gotta, you gotta let them experience that. I, there was an assistant principal. I had. It wasn't Ina Myers. <laughs> I say that from the get go. She was a female, but it wasn't Ina Myers. Um, but she was a, a new AP for me, and and so she was. It was with the classic case of she got promoted, and now she has these teachers who knew her in the role as a teacher, and now she's an administrator, right? And it wasn't long before she came into my office and said, hey, Mr. Mena, uh, there's this one teacher that's asking me kind of like for a favor. I couldn't even tell you what it was, guys. I just knew that, that it wasn't going in the right direction. And so I didn't say to her, hey, you need to go and say this or say that. All I said was, what do you think you should do? So, well, if I say something, they're going to think this of me. And if I, if I don't, this going to continue. And I said, yes. I said, here's, here's what I want you to make sure that you clearly understand, though. The, the, the toughest and easiest time to do this is gonna be now. Because if you don't address it now, later on, when this happens again, and like I mentioned before, it will happen again. When that time comes, it's gonna be harder for you to make that decision. Why is that? She thought about it for a second. She goes, well, because I would have let it go, and now it's two, three weeks, whatever, down the road, and, and now, now I'm gonna take a stand on it. Exactly. I let it go, right? I followed up with her about a week or two later. 
uh, I don't know, maybe even longer than that. And uh, didn't say anything to her as far as, you know, the specifics. She came into my office probably about five or six weeks later with the same exact issue, but in a completely different circumstance. And so we had a discussion about it. And she looked at me and she was like, you know, if I would have done this the first time, it wouldn't have been, it would have been hard, but it's going to be hard for me to do this now. Now, did we not discuss that the first time? I mean, did we, I, I didn't say this to her. I'm, I'm saying to you two ladies, did we not discuss it? Did we not lay out those cards? Did we not explain what those things were? But ultimately, what do you have to do? You have to let them choose. Yep. Yep. So when she had to go through the second time and the pain of, of letting that staff member know that this is what she cannot do, the staff member got upset with her, there was a strained friendship there, but I promise you, did she make that mistake again? No, she did not, because she didn't want to go through that pain again to that degree. She knew that if she had nipped it in the bud up front when we had talked about it, it would be a completely different story. But that's the power of allowing people to make their choices, not you make the choices for them. Yeah. Oh, so oh, good. Mind. It really is. Um, well, the next question um, is, how can having a mentor help you not feel isolated in a job where you're very much on your own? And so I think as a principal, you do feel like you're the only one that thinks the way you do and acts the way you do. And we don't have other principals on our campus, even as assistant principals they have a different a different perspective because teachers feel more safe with them and and they're the good guy and the principal the they don't have the weight of the world so they're not up at 3 a.m figuring out how they're going to cover 12 classrooms in the morning because of covid and the pandemic but that's another podcast so with that being said why you know when you're very much on your own how can having a mentor help you not feel so isolated Absolutely. Let me first say that I literally just had a conversation this weekend with an AP that told me that exactly. Oh, I asked about how the staff was doing. Oh, they can't stand the principal, but they love me. Oh, yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. Oh, what a dream. I remember those days. Oh, was, I, mean, I didn't say anything else. I didn't say anything else, but it was just so funny to me. But that, that is so spot on. Uh, no, this question, um, I love this question. Matter, matter of fact, it's a, it's a great great question as simple as it is it is a great great question uh listen when it's all said and done having someone who knows you your heart your proclivities your strengths your weaknesses and still is in your corner no matter what this is so powerful especially in those times when you're feeling the most isolated yeah. and in that position that comes often right mm -hmm. in these moments though gentle reminders of who they are what they stand for reminding them of their successes coming through difficulties with a keener sense of self and these are the times when mentors have tremendous influence once again it's not about them it's not about the mentor mm -hmm. it's about the mentor reflecting on what they've seen currently see and note what the impact the person will make on the lives of others in the future because of those things like now you're distilling facts this is not opinions this is what you've seen with this person this is how you've seen them grow hearing this from someone you trust someone who knows you and maybe i'm going to say that even slowly who truly knows you 
especially in moments of vulnerability, when you ask yourself questions like, what the hell am I doing in this position? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a real, that is a real feeling. So some other questions, some other statements. There are, insert outrageously large number here, other people that can do this job better than I am right now, right? Or just, just a simple question of, what am I doing? Yeah. Mentors remind them of the gold bars of character inside of them. And though they may be temporarily hidden by some clouds of uncertainty in a weak moment, ultimately their character will see them through, despite whatever the circumstances are. They know that you wouldn't lie to them. Right. You know you don't sugarcoat things. You can trust what they are sharing with you. And this helps you regroup to fight and lead another day. Oh, I, need, I personally needed to hear that. So thank you. You just spoke to my soul then because it's true. You know, we doubt ourselves and we compare ourselves all the time to the principal next door whose school's doing better than yours or who fill in the blank. It doesn't even matter. And so we get so bogged down in, in, the, in the comparison game. And that is the number one um, thief of joy is when you compare yourself to others. And so I think, like you said, having that mentor who truly like you trust, right? It's not just like, oh, my boss assigned me a mentor. And so we're going to lunch once a month and it's cool and everything. But like truly someone who knows your heart, knows your soul and like pours into you when they can just speak that truth. And I think even when they speak that truth, when you don't expect it, it's kind of crazy how that works. Like timing is everything. And like, sometimes you can get that text message or that email from your mentor on the exact day and moment when you are feeling the worst about yourself. It just rejuvenates you and reminds you that, yes, I was called for this. This is my calling. This is my purpose. Um, and so I just, I love that perspective and it's so powerful. I've experienced it myself. So, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely. And that's kind of our, our next and, um, last question for this part of, of the work is that is so valuable and so hard to find. Um, I am lucky and blessed to have that person be you um, and the first person who hires me, right? Like that's not the story for a lot of people. And so how, how would somebody, a, a principal um, out there, a, listen, a listener, even if it's not a principal, how, how, will, how do you recommend they go about starting or, or looking or seeking that type of um, relationship out? Yeah. Uh... Wow. I mean, this is, uh, once again, ladies, just, just very good questions, just because there's, there's just layers of how you can address this. I mean, there, there just is. And when, when thinking about this aspect of what would a person do, I mean, it's almost like, for me, once again, just my opinion on this, if you are already in a position of leadership and there is, you do not have a mentor, I think the biggest thing you need to do is ask yourself why. Yeah. Like, what is it inside of you that's keeping you from that? Now, I know that the easy one is this, right? Well, there's just not enough time. I'm, I'm way too busy to have a mentor. I, can, I don't have that. Okay, so once we kind of get the minutiae and the superficial answers out of the way, What's truly keeping you from having that? Because there's no way for you to be in that position 
and it's just by chance that you don't have one. No, there, there's, there's some choices. Once I guess choices are the theme of today's <laughs> session today. Uh, there are choices being made as to why that's not happening. And I think a little soul searching regarding that is it, is it your uncomfortability with being in a vulnerable position? Is it, is it your listen? There, there's something that I wrote that I just wanted to share because I think it speaks to this issue. And it's a, it's a prayer I heard a long time ago. But I think it, 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 it may mean something to some of the listeners. But he, here's what it says. We pray for, one, for the one among us who needs your help the most and for the one who thinks he needs it the least. We pray for the most courageous among us and for the most fearful. But now listen to this. We pray for the problems that we all have and for the man who has the tremendous problem of not having any problems mm -hmm. at all. Wow. What that speaks to is this whole issue of self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. I don't need anyone else. I, I, I pull up my, you know, bu buckle up and, and pull up my bootstraps and I'm going to do this on my own. And, and that, you know, and it's that it's that quote unquote American way. Right. Mm -hmm. but let me say, if you're not six feet under, you have problems. Yeah. Period. Right. End of story. Now, it's easiest for the person to lie to themselves and if unchecked will keep you from truly understanding the power of vulnerability and connecting to another human being. This cannot be read about, demonstrated, or debated on a panel. No, the only way to truly understand the depth of this influence is to actively participate in the life of someone else and allowing someone to participate to that depth within your life. I love that. What is keeping you? from that yeah. and i think when you can address that then you can allow a mentor to speak into your life because that's where you need to be first but be real with yourself don't say oh it's just because i don't have the time no there are deeper issues that you're needing to contend with um, that would keep you from not having one at this point and here's what I, my challenge would be i challenge you to find someone who you hold in high regard, who has demonstrated the values that you espouse, but over a long period of time, and then just go up to them and simply ask. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at their answer, but you have to evaluate yourself first as to why it hasn't happened already. That's excellent. Oh, it's so good. And and okay. again, a mentor, you know, and saying that some, that's hard to hear sometimes, but if that is truly where a, a principal could be at, um, that's a powerful moment to, to hear and then to act on. So thank Absolutely. You. And guys, you know that it's easy. It's easy to insulate ourselves mm -hmm. in this position because it, the whole comparison thing, I'm telling you, it is strong and vibrant yep. in, in these circles. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things if you play competitive sports, you know, when you're looking at someone and they flinch and it's just, it's just a, it's just an inch that you flinch. The other person thinks I got you. I know who you are. I know how to beat you. Yeah. When, when that level of uh, quote unquote camaraderie is there, that that's not a good place to be. Right. And it just creates this. I need to take care of me and myself and my place only and man, uh, I think that strikes uh, at, at the core of, 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 of tremendous teaching principles, right? We, we always want to let our teachers know, hey, we have to have cooperative groups. We need to have the students working with one another. And yet, 
those same principles don't apply to me in this position though because I'm different. Really, right. That's really so true. The principles, principles cut across all ages, all sexes, all, all racial lines. Principles are principles. They will yield the same results if you trust them. And that's the big issue is trust. Yeah, it is. So good. So many things to think about and in and, and such a good way to, you've explained this in such a great way, Mr. Men. I think it helps um, in thinking through our own lives and reflecting, like it's hard to not reflect on conversations and people and who I'm a mentor to, right? Like it's already causing me to, to think through how to improve myself and that. So thank you so much. This has been an excellent session. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me guys. It's been, it's been fun. You're welcome. So fun. We have some fun questions we have to have have everybody answer before you leave. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our first one is what have you read or listened to lately that influenced your thinking? So it can be a, a podcast or a book or an article that um, really just kind of like made you think differently or inspired you in some way. Uh, honestly, there's, there's, um, there's two things. Um, uh, one is one of my favorite books of all time, The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership, right? Uh, it's just a fantastic book. Uh, there's so much truth in there, and I love it because it's, it's very counterintuitive. But as far as something recent, um, kind of on a, on a faith aspect of things, uh, I've really been uh, reading and looking at John 14, 15, and 16, those chapters, and it's just about you know, his last days on earth and what he's sharing uh, with the disciples and uh, knowing that he's not going to be with them in that form, physical form any longer. And so I've really been going over those verses uh, over and over and over again for at least the last eight or nine months and really gleaning a lot of um, what he's trying to communicate on this whole issue of remaining in the vine. And that's just a powerful concept for me. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, next question is tell us something you're passionate about right now. So it can be something silly or a new hobby, or it can be something dorky like leadership, whatever. I mean, whatever you're passionate about right now, tell us all about it. Listen, I'll go even more boring than that. Accountability right now. It's accountability. That is eating my lunch. Uh, okay, wait, clarify which accountability you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. The state accountability system. Texas state accountability system. Oh, my gosh. Specifically for dropout recovery schools, which is, you know, the context of where I work. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're having to do some reporting and whatnot, but that has really been uh, – I don't, I don't know about, I think it's passion. Yeah, I think it fires that, you I think up, right? Data, it fires you up. Uh, I think the data involved with, with what I'm seeing, it's like two or three hours can go by, you know, and all of a sudden I'm going, oh my gosh, it's one o'clock in the morning. And so uh, I'm, I'm eager to see what changes can be made. Uh, we're a part of a t the AEA task force that was put out by TEA since its inception. And so we're getting now to the nitty gritty in January of, of straight out proposals and um, what we're gonna be uh, giving to the commissioner. And so uh, I'm, I'm really kind of excited about that because we just need some reprieve from the system mm -hmm. with the way that it's currently set up. And so right now, you know, we're, 
we're, we're, we've, we've broken down the entire system. We know some avenues by which we could be successful. Uh, COVID kind of robbed that of, a, of testing mm -hmm. last year to really show that we can move out of this thing. Amen. And so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what changes can be made to the system to help, not just us, but obviously all dropout recovery schools. So that's, uh, I know that's a, that is a boring, nerdy answer, but that is <laughs> But it's so true and so you, Mr. Bennett. I imagine this whiteboard in your garage. Like, oh, oh my God, is that where Ina got her whiteboard obsession from? Really? Yeah, for a minute. Okay. All things are starting to make sense now. A lot of things are starting to make sense now. For Listen, Maya, you're getting a kick out of this. So in the conference room, uh, or my work, like, there was not a dry erase board around. Since I've been there, there's literally one, two, yeah. four. There's four inside the conference room. The only reason why there's not another one is because there's a screen there. And then it. on the outside of the conference room, we probably have one, two, we probably have three more. And so it's just, I love it. my life. You know, you gotta yeah. have the room to write. It's your brain dump. It's your brain dump <laughs> on every wall. It's perfect. <laughs> that is a really boring thing to be passionate about, but I am thankful. And I know tons of schools will be thankful for your work, Mr. Minutes. It's, it's important stuff, so. And um, last quick question. If we were not in a global pandemic right now, where would you be or what would you be doing? Wow. Uh, honestly, the, I would not be anywhere else except for where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, 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 and I'm, I'll share a, a quick story. So this summer, I was one of the, uh, the, the, the victims of COVID, if you want to call it that. And so, uh, you know, some people, it's a, it's a sneeze. Some people don't know they have it at all. No, with me, I find myself going to a care now and immediately given an EKG and, and I'm rushed into an ambulance to the hospital, like within 40 minutes. I mean, it was just absolutely nuts. So it's the last time I saw my wife, last time I saw my kids, I'm in the ambulance by myself with the EMT and, uh, and so they think it's a heart attack. That's what they're thinking I'm having. And I didn't think I was having a heart attack, but I've never had a heart attack. I don't know what <laughs> Exactly. Body, right? I just know it. It would just hurt so much to breathe in deeply. And I remember laying there in the ambulance and just, just you, you just want the simple things in life. And that literally was all I wanted. Man, I just want to be able to breathe without hurting like this, right? But when I'm in there, and you know it's, a, it's about a 20 minute uh, ride to the hospital uh you, you reflect on a lot of things and so in that moment um it was a gut check for me and but in a good sense it's like there wasn't a sense of regret because i don't want to live a life of regret i want to be <laughs> that 80-year-old that looks back and go, man, if I would have just done this, or I would have spent more time with my family, if I would have done all, no, 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 no. Like in my mind, I was just checking things off. Right? Jen's taken care of. My kids are taken care of. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Like if this is my time, I'm good. Yeah. So that's how I kind of, when I, when I look at that question, uh, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's not a pandemic, uh, I want to be able to say that the external issues don't matter. Do I have my inner world in order? I love that. That's a 
fantastic phrase. <laughs> inner world in order. <laughs> That's a minuteism. That's another one I get to like <laughs> make that quote for. I love it. I'm getting a t-shirt. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mena, so much for your time and wisdom and just sharing with me and then just the years of your mentorship uh, to me and, you know, trusting and, and guiding my principles um, and values and just making me a better person every single time. So thank you. Not a problem. You know, you have been awesome, lady. You, uh, it's been such a pleasure to watch you over the years and, and now dr myers i mean i can't dr. even myers, say that. Can't right past <laughs> all of us hey, listen i'm just glad she still talks to me i mean you know right? I, I'm like, like, what? <laughs> we're not worthy we're not worthy. <laughs> how are we even here right now <laughs> oh well, she's a you are a tremendous young lady and so thank you guys for inviting me today i, I, I hope it was beneficial to someone Oh, Absolutely. it was at least not for my soul. I'm sure I got a lot out of just your wisdom personally in, in, uh, my own mentorship struggles with people on my campus right now. So thank you so much. It was amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Mena. Yep. Thank you guys so much for joining us um, on episode five principles still need a mentor we hope that you learned a lot and got um, some really sound advice and next steps for how you could go out and find a mentor if you don't have one yet and also how you can um, just validate the work that your mentor is doing if you have one now we can't wait to see you next week for episode six of principles